Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, everybody. It's episode two of Last Call at McLaren's, the How I Met Your Mother podcast. I am Josh Rayner here to uh, talk about this awesome show with my best bud here, John. John, how are you today? I'm doing excellent today, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm excited to uh, get into this episode. We are on season one, episode two, Purple Giraffe. Woo woo. Yes, this is a good one. And uh, uh, I do love how they take the, the title right from the main crux of this episode. So Are, yeah. is this actually from the main crux though? I mean, I mean, it's kind of the thing that allows everything else to really happen. Oh, I know. I mean, really, Look, there, there's a couple things I really, really love about this episode. We'll talk about it as we're going through, but yeah, though there is a title I would have preferred. What's what would you call it? Honestly, I would have preferred this title to be, Party trifecta. Just I, you know what would have been a good episode title. <laughs> Party trifecta. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> All right, oh, Amber. No, Denise. <laughs> yes, season one, episode two, Purple Giraffe. Uh, originally aired September twenty sixth of two thousand five. Uh, written by Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. Directed by Pamela Fryman. Just like uh, the first episode. Uh, the summary for this one goes ted continues to try and impress robin by throwing three parties to make himself seem more casual marshall cannot return lily's heightened affections as he's stressing over an essay and barney needs to get rid of a girl who keeps showing up at all the parties all right so we finally get the opening montage and music here which i love i love it and the thing i love about it is it never changes one episode it does yeah but that's just like a specialty thing it through the for the actual show it never actually changes no it does not you know like they don't update the images nope none of it it's nope. <laughs> and i love that about it, it it's stated they knew what they had and it was great and, and it just kind of went through uh so this episode begins again in 2030 as most episodes do where future Ted recounts the events of the pilot episode to his kids. Really, he's, they're just telling us what happened. Pretty much. Anybody who may have missed the pilot. Uh, the guys head to the bar. Uh, uh, Ted, Marshall, Lily, 
uh, trying to convince them uh, and himself that he wasn't actually in love with Robin. Or no, it's just uh, it's, it's not. It's, it's just it's just the guys. Yeah. Um, but instead, he says it was just a fleeting feeling of love. You know, it's like I was in love. I was in love with the idea of marriage. Is what he yep. says. Uh, until he sees Robin at the bar with Lily, and it all just comes flooding back. Uh, so I noticed something in this right off the beginning here. I don't know how long it's been since they filmed the pilot to to, to this episode, but Lily's hair is significantly longer in this yes. episode. Like I noticed that like right away, and I was like, huh. I mean, it's a similar style, but it's way longer. And I'll be honest, it looks a lot better too. Yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, so we get some serious PDA action here going on from uh, <laughs> Lily and Marshall, and this kind of becomes like the running gag throughout this episode. Uh, I noticed in the in the episodes that we've watched, you know, I've already prepped for the next one. There's specific running gags uh, that they do uh, in in each episode. I don't know how long that will last, but uh, we definitely get them uh, in these first few episodes. Uh, then Lily spills the beans that Robin is still interested in him, but only wants something casual. Ted decides to be very casual, and instead of asking her out, decides to invite her to a party. So, John, what are your thoughts on a party, making up a party, being his casual way? Well... I think Lily has it right because he's, you know, he also makes the comment that he's got to find the perfect way to ask her and run into her to invite her. And Lily's like, yeah, you'll be the most casual stalker ever. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because, like, inviting someone to a party, I mean, even then, they had uh, cell phones. They weren't the most technologically advanced like ours, but. Yeah. <laughs> little basic flip phones. Text somebody, be like, hey, we're throwing this party. You know, you should swing by. But it, I feel like it's just the fact that he's like, I have to throw a party just for her. It's like, dude, that, Come on. it's You've the never opposite of trying to get a girl's attention. I have not. I've, I don't know if I've ever. I mean, the only time I've ever thrown my own party, I was already married. So just saying. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's kind of like the opposite of those times where I know what Ted's going through. There you go. Hey, it's why we've always said you are the Ted. Uh, I've, I've just I've always thought it was like it's kind of like the opposite of casual. You know, it's it's obviously because that's what it is. He's not being casual, no, really. No, he's really he's not. trying to look casual, but he's he's just really. Well, not. I mean, and that's it. He's trying to look casual, but on the like, he's really not being no. as casual as he could be. Not at all. All right. So Marshall uh, is trying to get a twenty-five page constitutional law paper done. Lily, horny as fuck. And uh, this, this this gag goes, actually, there was actually a, a scene uh, in the previous, a, a little thing in the previous scene where Lily's like rubbing. Yeah. Uh, she thinks she's rubbing Marshall's leg, but it winds up being Barney's. First off, how do you not, like, Barney's across the table and I, diagonal. I that every time I watched this episode. And it's like, unless Barney's like, kind of like sh- putting his leg way out there, like, so that. They purposely, but other than that, I'm like, what? What is she doing? But yeah, that's it. You know, we've already at this point gotten three moments of this 
Lily being super horny. Oh yeah. Uh, gag going on. And uh, I love this scene specifically because they're just talking dirty to one another. And then the camera pans out and Ted is sitting on the couch and he's yeah. like boundaries guys. Yeah. Cause she's like, um, I'm um, wearing this ring gets me all hot and bothered. Like wearing everything else is pointless. Like this shirt. I don't feel like I should be wearing this shirt or my panties. Oh wait, I'm not wearing any. Yeah. And then he like slowly closes his computer. He's like, no underwear, huh? <laughs> and then, it, and then yeah, the camera just pans going. out yeah. and there's, there's Ted sitting right there on the couch. Poor Ted. I love, I love that scene. That was, that was a good one. Uh, then Ted sees Robin uh, on the TV. She's doing a news story uh, at a nearby bodega about a kid who's stuck in a claw machine trying to get a purple giraffe. Yeah. Hence the title of the episode. So what does Ted do? He rushes right down there. And uh, yeah, this is where we uh, we they, they divulge to us in, in a very subtle way that uh, this apartment is in upper Manhattan because that, because it's 75th in Columbus, I believe. Um, and so, and it, he's able to run there before she's done with her news story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they, they're obviously real close to wherever uh, this bodega uh, happened to be. Uh, he, <laughs> I love when he gets there because he gets in there. He's like, and he's on camera. He's like, Oh, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> and he has to like get out of the way of the camera. I love that. Um, and he's talking to Robin a bit and he goes up to that kid and that kid has the perfect line. You're sweaty. You're all sweaty. And Ted's is like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know why, but it made me crack up when I watched it again. It was just the way that kid said it was just perfect. You're all sweaty. Cause he, he totally was. Um, I had a, I had a question here. Why did it take the firefighters so long to get him out? I honestly, I'm thinking that too, because like later on in the episode, Ted's like, well, did he get to keep the giraffe? Yeah. And she's like, oh, he got to keep all the toys. He was in there a while. Yeah. Cause she said she had to go back to work. Yeah. You know, and it, it was part of that. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were different in 2005, but I've worked at places that have claw machines and the tops open up. And they, they dump all the stuff in from the top. So why didn't they just break the lock on the top and just open the dang thing? I, I was thinking the same. I don't I mean, understand. Also, they're firefighters. You're telling me they don't have glass cutters? I'm sure they were trying to do minimal amount of damage to the machine. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know how else I they would have gotten them out. a former firefighter, like, you're taught to, like, try to not to do as much damage as possible. I mean, kid peed on all those toys. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I mean also, that's a I mean, lot of money right there. Here's what I want to know. And this is the realistic question to the whole thing anyway. How the fuck did the kid get up in there anyway? Because the way those doors open, there's no way he got in there. I mean, they show him crawl in through the thing, but that's all they do. They just show him crawl into the, the yeah. bottom thing. They don't actually show him going all the way up. But yeah, you're like, those things are kind of made so you can barely even like get like an arm up there. That's right. Let alone a whole human child. <laughs> so uh, un unless they made them real, real bad, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever actually happened, but kind of interesting to find out. Um, so <laughs> he invites Robin to to this party. 
for what he says is next Friday. Yes. Uh, she can't make it next Friday. So on the fly, he changes it to this Friday, which just happens to be that same day. Uh, Marshall and Lily are in bed. He, when he gives them a call, cause he needs to tell them that uh, they're going to have a party in like two hours. And then they go back to Ted and he's holding like 13, I counted, I think it was like 12 or 13 cans of dip. I think he just took the entire shelf that Probably. was there. You know what I mean? I I'm like, that's a lot of random dip. Well, I hope I don't did, know what else he planned to get for this party, but he got a lot of dip. Did you throw out to the first episode though with the dip? I don't think I did catch that. She's like, that. "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm here to buy dip. I love dip. Oh, I yeah, mean, that. I like dip. I like dip as a friend. As a yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did catch that. Uh, so then we jump to later that day at the party. Ted describes how he thinks the night will go, trying to be all casual uh, and inviting Robin to the roof. But uh, apparently, Barney does not know about the roof at this point. No, and I they've been friends. Like we, we, we came to that conclusion in the first episode that they've been friends. At least Ted and Barney have been friends for four years. How the hell does he not know about the roof? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand how he I was, doesn't. I was wondering that myself because there's later episodes that do throwbacks to them, like where they try to quit smoking and it's mm-hmm. been years yeah. and which would account to how long they've all been friends and they were on the roof previous. Yeah. I'm just like, how does he not like, I don't know. There's a, I, I noticed there's a, a lot of yeah. little continuity things yeah. like that. The big, the other episodes. big one is the Halloween episode that comes up soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, this will be the, the at least the second meeting for Ted trying to find the slutty pumpkin that we're aware of. Um, yeah. and, well, I mean, he's been up there multiple times. So is this the first time Barney's been on the roof for Halloween, too? Or was he not there previously? Yeah, exactly. Was he not there the previous year, at, you know, for Halloween at all? Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. But, uh, you know, th- th- you get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. With with uh, first season shows, it, it does happen a lot. All right, so uh, Barney gives his very first statistic of the show. This is a thing that we, that comes back a lot. Him doing random statistics. This one: every New York party has at least one girl who doesn't know whose party she's at. Yep, and then and he then, gets his little submarine, boop, 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 boop. and he finds a girl. Uh, they, they refer to this girl, uh, in the, like the credits or whatever as a uh, girl who works with Carlos. That's what yeah. she is. That's what she is titled as fair. Cause, cause she does not have a name. Uh, so he finds this girl, duh, plays a little game of have you met Ted, uh, Ted declines and Barney winds up taking her up to the roof instead. He does the, uh, next day we learn that Robin never showed up. Marshall had Marshall in these first few episodes. Marshall has some great lines like this one. I ate four whole cans of dip. Just the oh. way he de- just the way he delivers that line. I cracked up. When huh. he did. And it's I don't know what it was about it. Hey, <laughs> four whole cans of dip. And then Ted's like, you always know what to say, old buddy. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. What a good friend does. It's true, man. I, I honestly, I think he would have ate four cans of dip no matter what. 
Probably. Just saying. Uh, when uh, when Robin calls, he plays casual and calls her Meredith, which uh, he does uh, a variation of this later on, which you already alluded to uh, earlier. Uh, she got stuck at work, like we said before, but reveals that uh, they did get the kid out of the crane machine, like you said, and he did get to keep that purple giraffe and everything huh. else. And uh, everything else. Though if I'm his, if I'm uh, his parent, everything else is in that thing is getting thrown in a garbage bag. I don't care. Yep. I'm like, you want that purple giraffe? Fine. I'll wash the one purple giraffe. I ain't dealing with all the rest of these things. Uh, she says that she wishes the party was tonight, and right on the fly, Ted decides he's throwing a second party. It became a two-day party. It became a two-day party. Marshall not pleased. Uh, Ted rushes out, and then Lily convinces Marshall to have sex again. But it has to be quick, with no cuddling. I like the line that Marshall yells before, though, as Ted is running out the door. Okay, He's like, Ted! At least get French onion. <laughs> yes. That's the dip, man. He knows. I am totally a Marshall because that's my kind of dip right there. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the first party, all the dips that were in Ted's hand were bean dip. Were they bean I wasn't sure if they were bean dip or like a nacho cheese dip. Either way, man, get some variety. Get, I mean, that's what I'm saying. At least get variety. Yeah, man. Who gets like 13 cans of the same dip? Yeah. Nervous Ted trying to be casual. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get to party number two. Barney tells uh, the tale of the girl uh, from the night before, only to discover that she is back at the party. Yep. No, he's like, how did she get here? Did you invite her? No, nobody knows who this girl is. And she se- she seems to think that there's more going on between the two of them. Oh, yeah. She thinks they're dating. Oh, yeah. Calls him sweetie. Sweetie. Yeah. Barney not having any of that. Uh, he takes her into the kitchen. And this is where we get the first time of the Ted Mosby. And he tells her that he loves her. Or that he's in Yeah, love but I think her. it's funny because when he, <clears throat> he does it later on, he acts like, I'm wondering if this is where it ends up in the playbook. Because, yeah, like. I assume so. I mean, it he, works. Because he tries it out here. And it worked. And so. He's like, okay, that worked. I'm going to put this in my playbook. But I like because, like, technically this is, like, the first hinting, I guess you could say, of the playbook because it's the first play that we see. That is true. Even though we don't know that's what we're seeing. That's true because it doesn't really come off as a play here. It just comes off as, a, well, how can I scare somebody away really quick? And I told her I loved her. Yeah. Which could also be a good way to pick someone up. Fair enough. I mean, uh he does meet a girl later on that that would work on. That so. is true. All right. So uh, Barney then tells her, uh, like I said, that he's in love with her. Uh, and Marshall and Lily head up to the roof. Uh, Robin, once again, does not show. Uh, we get back to the apartment. Marshall with a couple more good lines here. Uh, everybody had fun. Everybody wanged. Everybody chunged. I, lo- I, I don't know. Is it the way he, I don't know. His lines are great, man. Um, he calls himself the kid here in this scene for the first time. Yes. That comes back. And then he says, uh, now listen up, everybody. I want you to repeat after me. 
I will not have sex with Marshall. And then both Lily and Ted say it. And I thought that was hilarious. Just the nonchalant way that Ted just says, I will not have sex with Marshall. I mean, hey, when you got to put your foot down. It's true. Uh, Then Robin calls and Ted says, Amanda? Oh, Denise. Sorry. Totally sounded like Amanda. And this is where we get the party trifecta. Woo woo. Yeah, man. They Everybody wanted the party to keep going. Because who doesn't love a Sunday party? Really? <laughs> uh, again, Marshall not happy because he still has not done that 25-page oh, no. paper yet. No, he is not. So Marshall very stressed, even turning down Lily's advances for sex. And at the party, he's looking for his textbook, which I wrote down what it was called because I thought it was just a, a funny kind of title. Uh, Introduction to Contract, Tort, and Restitution Statutes from 1865 to 1923. I Googled it. It does not exist. There are plenty of Introduction to Contract, Tort, and Restitution Statute books out there, but nothing that has those dates attached to it. That sucks. Yeah, I was really kind of bummed about it. Uh, then the you know the the girl who works with Carlos uh, shows back up, oh. and uh, Barney's just like he's having none of it. He's done. He's he just he's like nobody even knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Carlos was right about you. Yeah, <laughs> Carlos was. Uh, so then uh, Marshall finally finds his book, and it's being used as a coaster, and it sends him over the edge. Uh, he blows up Ted's spot right in front of Robin. He didn't realize she was there. Uh, and then when he realizes what he's done, he just gives up, drops his book, and just takes Lily into the bedroom. Well, I mean, he's like, in all fairness, I would be pissed too. He picks the book up and like water like drains off it. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was probably like beer, to be honest with you. Or what, you know what I, I mean? mean? It probably was. But I mean, like that's not even coaster usage at that point. Nah, it's yeah. like someone dumped a beer on it. Yeah, it was, it was messed up. I'd be pissed too. Definitely would be pissed too. All right, so uh, Ted nervously introduces her to a random guy because he doesn't want her to think that you know he was actually inv- you know throwing all these parties just to get her there. Yeah, you know, so he he plays it off as he wanted to introduce her to this random guy who happens to be John Bernthal of all people, and he's playing Carlos, and that's when they they're like. Oh, Carlos. But they never explain how they actually know him. Who knows him? They never explain it because, like, once they they connect the face to the name, they're like, oh, Carlos. So, like, they obviously know this guy. Yeah. And I thought the same thing because I was like, oh, okay. So they do know who he is, but it's never explained who he is. Yeah. Because multiple times they're like, I don't know a Carlos. Like, nobody in the group knows anybody named Carlos. So like, did they just not know this guy's name? But they like they knew his face, but not his name, kind of a thing. Probably, you know. So I was like, I was like, okay, but yeah, man, John Bernthal, love seeing it. <laughs> uh, and then so they go up to the roof, and after thinking about it for a bit, Ted decides he's going up to the roof. He's going for the gold. He's going, man. Uh, he decides he wants to go and talk to Robin himself. They talk. Robin doesn't want anything serious. Um, this is, uh, something that is played throughout most of the series. Robin, not wanting to get married. Yeah. Um, she wants kids. Yeah. For the, almost the entire, like really until what, like the, I think what the first seven seasons. 
Yeah. That's like, that's the thing. It's like, she's not getting married. None of it. Uh, then, uh, Ted claims that, uh, he can be non-serious. He can just turn it off. She doesn't think it's true. He, he, he says it. He can. Then they kiss and he realizes there is no off switch. I mean, if a girl as fine as Robin, there is no off switch. Yeah, man, there is definitely no off switch. And that, I mean, that kiss was pretty hot and heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah, buddy, you know, you know. Uh, So in the end, they decide to uh, just be friends. Uh, You know, it kind of hurts, you know, Ted on the inside there a little bit. But he can't, he can't envision her not being around. Yep. You know, because like. He reckon, you know, he first suggests, you know, maybe after a, a couple of months, you know, we'll kind of when things die down, we'll you know kind of see how 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 it goes. Um, but then she goes to leave, and you can see that she's hurting by that. Like she doesn't, well, she fairness, knows that what that means is that they aren't going to be friends. Well, not even that. He comes off kind of a dick the way he says it, though. Too. Yeah. She's like, well, maybe we could grab a beer sometime, and he's like, eh. Maybe yeah. after you know it all like heals over in like a yeah. couple of months. Yeah, it's like, you were just fucking ready to marry this girl, and now you're like, "Fuck off, bitch!" Like that—that that was kind of cold. It was, it was. Uh, but he changes his mom pretty quick. You well, know? yeah, because he knows that if she walked away, then he'd never see her again. Yeah, it's true. He he would. It would she would be gone if they waited that few months. And even if and even if they did hang out, it would never be the same. Nope. Not even not even close. Uh so they go back to the bar and the girl and Carlos are there and they're making out. And this is this is where this comes in from what uh from the last episode, John. They were never seen again. And why why do you think that is? Because they probably fucking killed themselves. There it is. I, I do love Barney's response, though. <laughs> what are they thinking? They work together. Yeah, they work together. Yeah, I love that. It's it's funny though, because like they obviously know this guy, but again, never pops up. Not even in just like a random like side character popping in here, nope. or there, whatever. John Bernthal disappears. Well, he, so this this is how I like to think about this. Okay. Maybe because his name was Carlos. Mm-hmm. Maybe his name wasn't actually Carlos. Okay. Maybe his name was actually Shane. <laughs> and this is just a prelude to how The Walking Dead starts. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe his name was Frank. Because, you know, both of them take place in New York City. True. True. And maybe he was just undercover the whole time, which is why none of the cast actually ever knew his actual name. And maybe a uh, girl who works with Carlos was uh, actually his wife. And that's uh, wife. the chick who winds up dying. Yeah. You know, hey, it all ties together. It all ties it together. It all ties together. Uh, Marshall declares that he's going to knock back some beer, write his 25-page paper in one night, and get an A. And then future Ted tells us that he wound up getting a B- minus because the kid was good. The kid was good. Yes, I mean. Was. 25-page paper in one night, B-? minus. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then Ted and Robin go uh, up to buy the next round. She plays a little Have You Met Ted to help him move on. They glance at one another and smile. 
And that's how now, the episode ends. Did you notice, though, this is the first episode, <clears throat> I mean, being only the second of, you know, two, they're at the table. They're at the booth. Well, oh, yeah. You know, just thought I'd point that out. Because then I noticed in the third episode, at the closing of the episode, they're at the table again. They're not at the booth. Yeah, it's just I don't think the the booth hasn't become a staple yet. No, I haven't. I just I yeah. think it's still kind of funny. Yeah, I'm glad that the booth was like finally in it. But, yeah. All right, so uh, we decided that we're going to add a little something to the show. Uh, we didn't do it in the first episode, though we did talk about this we a did. little bit during it. But we've decided to make it its own segment, and it's simply titled Barney's Barney's Blog. Blog. That's right. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what was in Barney's blog, you know, kind of in reference to this episode. Yeah. So uh, Barney's blog for September 26, Monday, September 26, 2005 was titled Venn Diagram. Uh, and it starts off this weekend. My friend Ted threw what I believe was the worst party of all time, which has prompted me to create this cautionary visual aid which uh i have right here a venn diagram of lame parties so as you can see mostly dudes and sausage parties for the top sunday parties for the uh bottom left and parties with name tags and uh ted's fault now he says it's the worst party of all time yet you could easily get a worse party if you have all three, if you get, I was going to say, obviously Cecilia isn't Ted's party. There you go. You know, so I think that uh, Barney was a little premature on, uh, on calling it the worst party of all time. Uh, in my humble opinion, <laughs> wonder but, if Marshall might call it the, the best night ever. It was the <laughs> best night ever. <laughs> No, you got to switch. It was the worst night ever. Ted threw a party and went three days. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barney also goes through a list of uh, other list lame parties. parties. And there's a there's a ton here. Cuddle parties, which I mean, depending on who you're cuddling with, man, I don't think that'd be a lame party. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, Tupperware parties, book club meetings, Parties of five, which I think is funny. Obviously, they're kind of taking a jab. Yeah, jabbing at the show party of five. Uh, Block parties. Parties where Evite is sent out more than two weeks in advance. I love this. Non-wedding parties with printed invitations. And wedding parties with printed invitations. So, in other words, any party with a printed invitation. Yep. Not No-go. Office parties. uh, Parties with parlor games. Parties where parlor games from previous lame parties are discussed to any extent. Murder mystery parties. Come on, Barney. Murder mystery parties are awesome. Fuck off. Uh, Parties with themes besides nudity, which means that any party we've ever seen on the show, obviously, then he thinks is lame. That is true. Uh, Parties like it's 1999 and the wig party. All right. Getting a little historical in there. Thanks a lot, Barney. That was this edition of Barney's blog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. So uh, you got any uh, final thoughts about uh, episode season one, episode two, Purple Giraffe? 
I don't really know if I have any extra thoughts. I think that this episode does a very good job in the continuation of setting up the characters so you get a kind of feel for who they are. Um, you get a real feel for more of Marshall's personality in this episode. Yeah. You know, you get a real good view of how Barney plays what I'm going to call the game. That's um, true. Because, you know, he's he's very adamant that uh, there's a couple, like, moments during, like, when Ted's, or, yeah, Ted's talking about the party. Barney's like, no, no, no. Instead of this, bang this chick instead. Yeah. And Ted's like, that's not the plan. And Barney's yeah. like, Screw the plan. During the fa- the fantasy sequence? Yes. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, okay. And I mean, you know, and then Carlos and the girl disappear because, you know, maybe he's on the oh, run yeah. for murder. Maybe Carlos murdered her. We don't know what happens. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, man. We don't know. And we'll never know. Maybe he is the Scranton Strangler. Oh. Yeah. That's a throw out to another show. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh yeah if uh that's all you got i think uh that is all i've got i think we can call this episode man this was uh it was a good episode uh a good uh secondary you know follow-up episode to that to that pilot i think it's wild that because like the party trifecta is is like iconic in this show like the the fact that it was episode two i was like damn i i mean i knew it was season one but there's 23 episodes, I think, or whatever, in I season think. one, and it, I didn't realize it was episode two. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, geez, okay, well, you got a lot of good stuff right off the bat." So uh, you it, do. It was, it was a good rewatch. I have to say, it was a good rewatch. All right, John, let everybody know where can they find you. I mean, <laughs> no matter how many times you throw this at me, I'm always like. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at simply saying J1. Find me on Facebook at J John Made. I have my own podcast, Simply Saying with J, the Not Your Mama's Podcast. Uh, you can find me. I mean, on I, I mean, I'm pretty much anywhere you want me to be. You you can text me. You can email me. You can send smoke signals, even though I might not see them. Um, I might just assume there's a fire and call nine one one. Fair enough. But I mean, that's that's me, Josh. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at JP Rayner. That's J P R A Y N O R, as well as right down there at Movie Blog Merc. That's the, the uh, Twitter page for my site, Merc with the Movie Blog, uh, where you uh, will find the video uh, of this uh, show. Uh, you can also find me at DC Comics News, uh, doing all kinds Ooh. of fun stuff over there. If you're in the the realm of DC Comics, you like that stuff, check out DCComicsNews.com. Uh, and of course, you can follow us. Right here at last call H I M Y M on Twitter and Anchor. That is uh, where you can find us, as well as, like I said, on the Merc with Movie Blog uh, YouTube channel. So yep. leave, leave us comments, leave us questions, whatever you want. Uh, let us know. I, I just, I, I really want to hear what you guys have to think. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I think that about wraps everything up, John. What do you say? Well, I say you don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. Catch you next time.